I think sometimes when we hear science, some of our minds are limited. You don't, you don't, especially for me, I think I wasn't recognizing that science extends to even bacteria. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking on that <laughs> level. I was just, because I was just limited to what I knew of it. It was just medicine oh. and probably telephone. You understand? But doing my degree and being there and even getting involved in probably the, the UA CERT team, that is the University mm-hmm. of the West Indies Student Emergency Response Team, mm-hmm. I would have had another exposure mm-hmm. to science. So when I was on that team and we were probably, for example, using like the oximeter, you know, just to test the oxygen saturation, I was like, whoa, science did this, you know? <laughs> Hi, I'm Cavell Hilton, and you are listening to Science Unlocked, part of the Voices of Jamaica podcast series made possible by the Alpha School of Music with support from the Public Affairs Office from the U.S. Embassy, Kingston. This episode is dedicated to unlocking science for everyone, everywhere by empowering curious minds to pursue a career in science. Because guess what? Science is not just a subject taught in schools. We have to move beyond this utility of science and embrace the unlimited curiosity, experimentation, critical thinking, engagement, and empowerment that science offers. And if the COVID-19 pandemic has taught us anything, it is the value of science and the importance of having a scientifically literate population. So now, ladies and gentlemen, we right now have a unique opportunity to celebrate the science heroes among us and unlock the value they add to the science education community. Remember, science is for everyone, no matter who you are or where you come from. Science also needs everyone. Today, we bring you an inspirational story of Miss Desan Watson, a rising STEM star. Desan is a YouTuber, content creator, graphic designer, biochemist, science and mathematics educator. Wow, <laughs> that is a mouthful. Hi, Desan. Thanks for coming to chat with us. Thank you, Cavell. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. So good to have you. So curious minds would like to know, Desan, how did you get involved in science? Well, I believe I had always been interested in the sciences from a tender age. Growing up, I found myself always being in the hospital. I was always a patient, probably two to three times a week. My twin sister and I, we were there, right? And once I found myself stopped going to the hospital. So because of that, I pursued the sciences in high school. And once high school was finished, I decided that I'm going to continue, um, continue that interest and pursue a degree in biochemistry. Okay, awesome. 
So your journey really began with, you know, early exposure to persons in the medical field and to science and, you know, being curious, wanting to know and also wanting to help. Right. So what has your journey been like as a biochemist? So far, my journey has been um, more on the studies aspect because I Mm -hmm. just completed that degree in biochemistry. But it has been a wonderful experience so far mm-hmm. because I think sometimes when we hear science, some of our minds are limited. You don't, you don't, especially for me, I think I wasn't recognizing that science extends to even bacteria. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't thinking on that <laughs> level. I was just, because I was just limited to what I knew of it. It was just medicine oh. and probably telephone. You understand? But doing my degree and being there and even getting involved in probably the the UA CERT team, that is the University mm-hmm. of the West Indies Student Emergency Response Team, mm-hmm. I would have had another exposure mm-hmm. to science. So when I was on that team and we were probably, for example, using like the oximeter, you know, just to test the oxygen saturation, I was like, whoa, science did this, you know? <laughs> in terms of the invention. Exactly. Aspect, I'm like, right? science did this, that somebody can be in trauma yeah. and I can just attach this clip and I can know if oxygen is running through their body. Yeah. And I found that so amazing. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I was thinking, if I don't get to do medicine, I can still contribute to medicine through science. And Look that was at fine. that. Wow. Amazing. Because many times when students think about science, they only think about the medical field. Exactly. They don't realize that the scientific aspect is pretty much what made, what makes medicine able exactly. to do some of the things that they're able to do in this age, you know, so that is so important. Um, so what did you find most rewarding along this journey? It's a, it's a very new journey. Uh, <laughs> well, it, it's funny because for me, what has been most rewarding is, is teaching. And it sounds weird, but uh, I remember the first time tutoring a biology student Right. And this student was new to the Jamaican CXE system. Mm-hmm. So they had no idea how we wrote up our labs and all of that. And uh, I remember taking this child through this process and explaining to her even the reason why um, the, the lab is written up in that particular way. So I don't just say, OK, right, the title, so right, the aim. He explained to her that, listen, your aim is telling me, all right, what are you trying to solve? Mm-hmm. And by what process are you going to solve this? You know, so it was a, a whole experience. And I was thinking to myself, if I didn't have that experience, I probably wouldn't have been able to break it down for her. You know, so for me, mm-hmm. teaching my students, that is the most rewarding for me. There's so much more, but so far, that is what I found. Okay, so being able to impart that knowledge, and I completely can relate <laughs> to what you're saying, Nissan, because you are actually a past student of yes. mine and you know I taught you biology when you were in high school yes and um I still love teaching up to this day mm-hmm. I feel like it is the most rewarding um profession out there and I stand by that because it's just something about breaking down something for someone to understand yeah and when they get that eureka moment yes. you, know, you feel just so good I still I still love it still give me goosebumps to this day <laughs> so what do you think are the current trends or what current trends have you observed so far when it comes to women and girls in your field of study? To be honest with you, I, 
I saw more than I expected to see. Oh. And that, that really made me happy. Okay. Because I think when I was younger, looking at the science field, I, I was thinking, oh, a woman in the field, mm-hmm. that's a tough thing to do. It's a scary mm-hmm. thing to do. But by the time I got there and I was saying, let me do it, there were other females on the boat with me saying, all right, let's mm-hmm. do this, mm-hmm. you know. And it was amazing because I had female lecturers, you know, I Great. had female Great. lab techs Great. and they were doing equally as well mm-hmm. as the men. And that was amazing for me to see. We know that there are still issues in the system and mm-hmm. we're, we still have a long way to go. We're still fighting. Yeah. But I am seeing where we are fighting to get a space you know, we're fighting to get our names there and to let him know that, okay, a woman can do this mm-hmm. and she can get it done equally as um, as good or even better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I know like for Jamaica, in terms of women representation, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different than mm-hmm. what is seen globally. So you do have in pure and applied science, or what is it called now? Natural science or scientific? Right. So that faculty of science at University of the West Indies, I think it's called science and technology now. Mm-hmm. Right. So we know that the representation there for women, it's about 70 percent, 30 percent male. Right. Mm-hmm. But we also know that most of the females tend to be in the life sciences and not so many being represented when it comes to technology and, you know, mm-hmm. physics and engineering. And that's where we know that most of the jobs will be created in the future. Mm-hmm. So I have another question for you, Desai. Mm-hmm. I know you are a graphic designer. Yes. Now, how did you end up in that field doing graphic design, YouTuber, content creator, <laughs> you know, all these technology aspects. And you also teach math. I do. Which is also something that we do not see that many females and mm-hmm. females tend to think that. Math is hard for women. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about that. Wow. I would say to you that graphic design found me. (laughs) Right. So I always find myself volunteering in different things. And I got myself involved in ministry at on campus in a ministry called Campus Carus. Right. And the the second year, while I was in second year, I was granted the president of the ministry. And we needed flyers to be made mm-hmm. and stuff like that, right? Advertisement, because the, the numbers were reduced because all of the, the members that were there, they had graduated. Okay. So there we lost some persons. So we needed to get more persons. I was like, I need flyers. Mm-hmm. I need things up. I need the page to, to, to be fixed because it has been dormant for too long. You know, and I wasn't finding persons, so much persons to do it. And even the person that was doing it, he couldn't afford to be doing it for too long. So what I did, I was like, okay, tell me the software that you're using. And I went <laughs> on it and I started creating the flyers, started fixing it. And uh, that was where j- just graphics started from. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you start doing something, you realize that you really have a passion for it. Yeah. Because I was like, I started off using templates. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, I don't want to use these templates anymore. <laughs> I would find myself deleting everything out of the template and probably just using one element. Mm-hmm. And from there, I was inspired. And I realized that I could actually do this from scratch. Mm-hmm. Now, as it relates to YouTube, I had went on the work and travel program. And while I was up there, I feel like I just remembered that I, I had always wanted to do YouTube, <laughs> you know, and I felt like the Lord had made the provision for me to to actually get those materials. I bought it, 
came down broke because I spent spent most of the money between paying the f- school fees that, you know, that's the intention to go back yeah. to pay the school fee and mm-hmm. clear off some bills. So pay that, buy a few clothes and I bought all the equipment for YouTube and I came back and I started it. Now, whilst editing YouTube videos, that's how my my skills in video editing, video editing grew. Wow. Right. And I found myself becoming really good at it. And I was like, how would this happen? You know, <laughs> this just came out of nowhere. But I think that is what happens when you follow passion. Yeah. And I think just being creative as well. Which, exactly. And I always tell people, you know, that when it comes to studying science, it pretty much is the foundation mm-hmm. for everything else. Exactly. Because of the skills that you gain from studying science, your observation skills, you know, that creativity. Exactly. That, that inventive kind of thing you know and just being able to use the technology as well mm-hmm. so I'm so proud of you this and that is awesome right and it is just a passion and I completely can relate because I mean as a business owner and entrepreneur myself mm-hmm. I started doing all the flyers and videos mm-hmm. and things you know out of a need really to as a small business owner to be able to produce the content so I can completely relate all right, so Desan, I have another question for you. What more needs to be done as it regards to, you know, sensitizing our young people to pursue careers in the field of science and the technology? I think there is a general stigma that science is hard. Yeah. That stigma still exists. Yeah. Because there is so often that I would tell somebody that I do science and they automatically label me as, oh, so you have a right, <laughs> you know, and remember, now, I know the struggles that I go through to learn this thing, but they just think that it is a concept that is too far away from mm-hmm. from them having access to. And I think there are so mm-hmm. many um, young people that still has that concept, even if they don't say it, they still believe that, OK, you know what? I'm not going to touch that. That is for bright people. And I still it's funny because I thought that there was enough engagement. But the fact that I'm still seeing so many persons with the mentality, I realize mm-hmm. that we really haven't reached that far mm-hmm. in getting to them. They just think that we're just on the other side of the hill telling them, come up, man, it's fine. No, but they're saying, you don't understand. Mm-hmm. This, uh, it still feels that way that we haven't been able to reach them fully and to understanding that anybody can get up to this hill. You know, yeah. anybody, anybody can get there. Mm-hmm. It's it's not something for only certain type of people. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you mentioned, you know, not feeling like they have access. Mm-hmm. Because I think that is sometimes one of the reasons some persons may not pursue it. They may think that even if I have an interest, I may not have the money. Mm-hmm. I may not be able to. But there are just so many things out there right now. Scholarships, you mentioned the work the work and travel mm-hmm. program, you know, maybe even at the beginning of your journey, mm-hmm. you're probably saying, oh, am I going to afford this? Oh my. You know, so yes, access is a major, is a big deal. But I want to ask you as well, have anybody ever said to you, like, you don't look like a person that does science or you don't look like a scientist? Have you <laughs> ever experienced that? No, I, I don't know. I think it's because I wear glasses. So people, <laughs> I feel like people always um, associate people who wear glasses to and have smart. a straight face that, like, okay, you're smart. Yeah. So I don't think I've ever got, nobody okay. has ever been surprised. Oh, that's awesome. I, that's I, I don't think I've ever gotten that. That is good. That is good. That means you're making progress. <laughs> I, I don't know. For me, it's just, for me, it's just the look. It can okay. just be the look okay. you know but i will say that some persons are surprised that i'm in biochemistry mm-hmm. um i think a lot of persons expect me to 
to just go into education. Oh. I don't necessarily pursue other as, ventures. As, as a inside. scientist. Exactly. Because you are a scientist as mm-hmm. a biochemist. Yes, for sure. Totally understand. So they probably thought that, yeah, she's going to teach. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. All right. So did you benefit from any mentorship along your journey? Um, not any direct mentorship. Mm-hmm. I think I stayed from far away looking, mm-hmm. looking over there, you know, but if I'm honest with you, I think it will come. I am okay. not, I haven't lost hope. Mm-hmm. I think that mentorship comes when you're ready for it. Mm-hmm. So I really haven't lost hope that I will get it, but I, I didn't get any um, direct, mentorship. direct mentorship. So what message or advice would you give to young students who believe that science is only for some people? What would you tell them today? Well, I would tell you that first of all, it's not, it's, it's there for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and I think you need to get out of your head, you know, and get out of any space that tells you that. It's not for you because it is, you know, and I think there are so many factors that we use to convince ourselves mm-hmm. that it's not it for me. And I think it's one of the um, probably many persons can relate. If you feel like you're not an A student, you automatically think that, OK, science is not for me because we said that science is for the bright <laughs> students. Right. And um, that was one of the things I battled with. I felt like, OK, you need to be a top student in order yeah. to pursue this thing. But I kept at it, you know, yeah, and I like still, you weren't good enough at some exactly because right. I was thinking to, I was thinking so far ahead. I was thinking, well, if I can't get an A now, what's going to happen mm. when when I'm at UA doing that mm-hmm. degree? What's going to happen? And I think so far, what's going to happen when I'm in that surgery room? You know, wow. I, I was just thinking so far, and, you know, sometimes you watch like some movies and you're like, you see them have to think on spot and you're yeah, like, well, I, I can't, I can't do, that. do that, you know? And you're like, I would never be able to do that. But you're judging yourself, your mm-hmm. current self. It's somebody who has the experience and took the time to learn it. Yeah. I think we don't, we don't give ourselves enough credit that, listen, when you put yourself in a position to learn mm-hmm. something and you practice it, that is when it becomes the habit and you can think quick and all of that. So we're thinking far ahead mm-hmm. and not giving ourselves the grace to say, let me go through this process. And give myself a fighting yeah, chance. Yeah, that is that mm-hmm. is so true, Desan. So I have one more question for mm-hmm. you. What are your dreams and aspirations? And what do you want to contribute to the science education community? Hmm. I do know that I want to be in a position to help what I call, who I call the C students, right? Because uh, I feel like I connect with them. <laughs> are the students who have some form of learning um, learning disabilities and challenges that is causing them to not be able to you know get those grades that they think that they need Mm -hmm. so i think i want to be a part of that initiative to to point out those students and help them that's what they want i want to be there to say all right help you to get there now as it regards to how i'm gonna do that Mm -hmm. i can't tell you fully Mm -hmm. but i'm just going wherever passion leads because even right now i i see myself going to learn marketing yeah and the reason i'm going to learn it because i was thinking about it this morning and i'm wondering why am i going this direction i feel as if a part of our our science field is we need to learn how to market it because Mm -hmm. marketing is all about telling the story yes you know and you have to tell the story so well that people believe that they can be a part of that story and i feel like i need to go and learn that (laughs) in order to come back and get get the persons that i was i was meant to to reach you know, yeah. so I'm not fully sure I'm going to get there. But yeah, I think you in. will. I think you will, listen, And you definitely made a very important point because that's mm-hmm. sometimes the things that when we think about scientists that, you know, they're not 
some of them are not very good communicators. Yes. And so they're not able to persuade people because mm-hmm. maybe they're just talking the science and not telling the story. Exactly. And the story is so important because that's how you communicate. That's how you relate. Mm-hmm. And that's how you pull people in. You know, and we see that all the time, even with COVID and everything mm-hmm. else that is happening. So telling that story. And, you know, I thank you so much for coming today <laughs> and telling your story. Thank you. And I am sure that it will definitely um, inspire someone and motivate them and unlock <laughs> the science. is Cavell Hilton and you just listened to Science Unlocked, part of the Voices of Jamaica podcast series made possible by the Alpha School of Music with support from the Public Affairs Office at the U.S. Embassy, Kingston. For more information about the voices of Jamaica and the stories they tell, please visit the Alpha School of Music website, alphamusicja.com, and click on the Voices of Jamaica link.